Today's Sunday sermon has been made possible by the members of Southside Christian Fellowship Church and listeners like you. Thank you so much for your continued prayerful and financial support of this ministry. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and how to get involved, or simply want to give a gift, please just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net today. Woo, praise Jesus. Matter of fact, I'm just going to ask you to drop your tiles on the boss. That's it. We're good. That we're, we're just, that was amazing, an amazing video. I had to show that one. It just really says the whole thing. The whole message is about Jesus and what he did for us so many years ago. I don't know that this is a traditional uh, Resurrection Sunday message, but it's the one that the Lord put on my heart, and so I want to bring it to you. Um, I, I know that I can't be the only person that has stresses, stresses and pressures. Am I right? You guys face any kind of stresses or pressures throughout daily life? How many know that Jesus faced potential stress and pressure in his life, right? But he, he was able to overcome every time and every obstacle and, and thank God that he did. And so I want to talk to you today about rising above the stress and the pressures of life. We all have stress. We all have pressure. It's not that, that comes on us is what do we do with it? It's how do we handle it? How do we rise above it? How do we not let the stress and the pressures of life bring us down? I think a lot of what we're seeing in our world, specifically in our country, is just the stress and the pressures of life more, 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 more. I was riding down the road the other day and uh, my phone just kept blowing up and it's all good stuff, but I kept thinking, man, I kind of wish we were living about 20, 30 years ago where I didn't have a cell phone and nobody could get a hold of me. You know, we didn't have the cell phones and, 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 you know, you just waited for that answer machine or something like that. But that cell phone can be good, but it can also create stress and pressure. Why? Because somebody's constantly contacting you. Somebody's constantly sending you something. It's not bad stuff. I mean, like I said, what I was receiving was all positive, inspirational, encouraging. But sometimes just that buzz, 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 man, it can start to stress you out. There are things we do, we try to go faster, bigger, better, more, right? I mean, microwaves haven't always been around. I don't care what you think. Fast food hadn't always been around. Some people even had to raise their own food, right? So as we continue in this life, we continue to see man develop devices and gadgets and things to make life supposedly easier for us. But ironically... Through the ease of tools and resources, it brings more pressure on us because we fill that time that we saved with more stuff. And so the stresses and the pressures of life continue to build and continue to build and continue to build until we do something about it. And following Jesus' example, see, before he was crucified, he lived. And he showed us how we can live and rise above those daily stresses and pressures. I mean, just remember when he went into the wilderness. He got away from everybody. He just went to be with the Father. The Bible says he didn't do that once or twice. He did that often. Sometimes just shutting things down and getting away in our quiet place and being with the Father can help us get rid of the stress and the pressure. I, I, don't, I don't fish mainly because the fish always win. But I like being out on the boat because it's just peaceful. How many of you like being out on the boat, out on the water? Yeah. Like going to the beach, yeah. It's just peaceful, right? Here in, here in the water. You know, just sometimes it's good to just be at peace and to rest. You know, some of the terms we've been talking about, surrender, 
submit and trust. You know, those terms all go together when you're talking about rising above the stresses and the pressures of life. But you know, you can't submit yourself to somebody you don't trust. You can't submit yourself to somebody you don't trust. So you cannot submit yourself to Jesus and his ways unless you fully and completely trust him. But things happen. It happens to all of us. How many of you deal with office politics? If you work in an office, you deal with office politics. Right? Layoffs happen. Terrible bosses. Stock markets crash. Housing market goes crazy. There are things that happen in our life. We have plans And when our plans don't go the way we thought they would go, it brings stress and pressure. How many ever had a bad teacher? (laughs) Easy. Don't name them. (laughs) Don't name them. We are streaming live. You know, had just just a a rough, rough time in the classroom. I'll never forget uh, the first time I came into the ministry, I had just gotten out of college. Uh, the Lord called me in, I went full-time, and I got to be in full-time ministry for four years, and it was fantastic, and I loved it. But the Lord really needed to season me and grow me up, and I really wasn't listening to that. Sometimes we get comfortable because things are going so well, and so I don't know about in your life, but sometimes the stress and the pressure I believe God allows to come into our lives to help us to move. And I don't think I was listening because I was starting to get a little bit of stress and pressure, so he just sent Dad, and Dad just said, you got to go. Now, I don't know if you've ever had your dad come to you and tell you you got to get out of the ministry and you're working with him, but it was a little tough to take, and I, I, didn't, I didn't accept that. And I think the final was, well, that's okay, you can stay, but the paychecks are stopping now, so you better go do something. And so I did. Now, I can look back now, and I can see that, oh, my gosh, that was the Lord moving, and I'm so grateful for the experiences I had after that first uh, stint in ministry. And I would not be where I'm at today had I not gone to the places God took me. And so as he booted me out, that's right, he booted me out. I didn't leave willingly. Let me just take a tangent here. Sometimes you're the person that's supposed to deliver the message. You can't help if the person doesn't receive that message. That's not your job. My dad was delivering the right message. I just didn't want to hear the message that he was sending. But thank God that he didn't give up. He persisted. But so I went and I got a job at the credit union and I pursued life the only way I knew how to pursue life. And you always climb the ladder. That's the point, right? You get bigger, you get better, you get more. I didn't necessarily know what a branch manager was, but I knew that was one of the next levels. And so I aspired to become a branch manager. And within a couple of years, I became a branch manager. The problem was I didn't really know what a branch manager was. And it turned out that was a miserable job. It was a miserable job for me. For me. And one of the problems I had was I was chasing things for myself. And so by doing that, I was adding stress and pressures to my life. So then God opened the door for me to go into education. And many of you have heard my testimony of this part, but I'll tell it again for those of you that don't know. When I was in full-time ministry the first time, we had an elder that came to me and said, I think you need to go be a substitute teacher from time to time so that you can get in with the kids. And I said, I don't think that's of the Lord. I'm not hearing that in my spirit, sir. So again, God's laying the groundwork trying to say, hey, this is where I want you to go. And Herman's going, no, Lord, you're wrong. That's not where I need to go. That's where I needed to go. So I took a temporary job in education, and my mom helped me get the interview, and I got the job. So I quit the credit union, 
started in January. And at the end of January, they sent me a letter and said the position that I have would no longer be funded by the county. I had to do something else. I said, what? So again, knowing only one thing to do, I went out and did what I had to do to be a teacher. I went and found, uh, they were doing the alternative teaching program. They may still be doing that. And so I was able to teach while I went and got educated as well on being a teacher. And that's what I did. And then the next 15 years, I was a teacher. I'm going to tell you something. I love that job. And yet God couldn't get me to listen to go into that job earlier on. But he knew that's where I needed to be. And you know, I believe wholeheartedly I learned so many things that have helped me as a pastor that I would have never gotten had I stayed where I was at in the ministry the first time. So, so the first thing is to understand that stress and pressures can happen sometimes simply because we're not hearing the Lord. We're not listening to the Lord. Or we're not doing what the Lord's asked us to do. Other times it's just because the Lord is trying to stretch us and grow us. But the point is the stress and the pressures come upon us. And so what do we do with those stresses, stresses and pressures? You know, being able to rise above those pressures and stresses of life is where we get to minister to people more than talking to them. Do you realize that? People are looking. People are watching how you handle situations. Even if you mess up or go off the deep end, they're looking to see how you recover from that. Do you blame other people or explain it away, or do you just simply own up to it, take accountability, and try to make it right? People are watching. They're looking at your character. And then after seeing your character, then they're going to start coming around asking about how you have the character that you have. And that's when you begin to tell them about Jesus. So I believe sometimes those stresses and pressures come upon us simply so others can see how we deal with the stresses and pressures of life. I like this quote. I don't know who said it first. But it said, I can't be everything to everyone, but I can be something to someone. Yeah, I believe the stresses and pressures of life come upon us because we're thinking about me, myself, and I so much. But when we begin to think about other people, it's amazing how that stress and that pressure goes away. What Sonia just tell you through her testimony? Every time she goes and gives, God blesses her and she gets. She didn't go to get. She, get, she went to give. And that's when God gives the peace. Tony Cook said, Christianity is not about building enterprises, egos, or empires. It is about building people. Jesus did not come to build an enterprise, his ego, or an empire. He came to build people. He came to build you. He came to build me. That's his testimony. That's what he came to do. When we're trying to rise above the issues in life, we got to think about what our testimony is. we got to think about why that stress and that pressure is in our life. Is it because of us? Is it because we're trying to build our ego or our empire? When I was branch manager, I was making more money than I made when I was working for the church, but yet I was miserable. Then I go into education, my income is set at a certain level, and it doesn't rise much above that. But I was happier than I've ever been. And then, and then my, my next jump into ministry, God was calling me into ministry and I was not listening again because I had a plan. And I wasn't at the end of my plan yet, but God convinced me. And so I gave up that teaching job and all of the income that went with it and came into the ministry again where there was no job opening and there was no money. Now I'm not sure how you did in school in math. 
based on my 15 years, most of you did not do well. Because all I heard was how much people hated math and couldn't do math. So I'll just tell you right now, I don't know how well you're going to do with God's math. But he made it simple. Just give, just trust him, and he'll take care of you. So again, I gave up a job that was paying decent money to take a job that was paying no money. None of my bills went away. Not one of them called me up and said, we heard you went in the ministry. We're not going to charge you this month. Not one of them. And yet every bill got paid. It's obvious I hadn't missed too many meals. Every Everything we wanted to do, my kids got to do what they wanted to do, the sports, the activities, things like that. They got to do all that. I don't understand that. Plus, during this time, God had really convicted me that I had been given tithe off of the net. That's after taxes, okay? And God had been speaking to me for a long time about that, okay? And I just pretended like I wasn't hearing him. And then Miss Pat and Mr. Jim got up in front of everybody, and Miss Pat, like she so often did, was very confident to say, we give off the gross. We've never, we've never wavered on that. We give off the gross. And I don't know what they said after that because all I could hear was God going, see, I told you. See, I told you. See, I told you. So the next week we started giving off the gross. I didn't get a pay raise. I didn't get a bump. So again, trust in the Lord. Doing what he's asked you to do. I wish I could tell you that I confidently did that and didn't worry about it. I wish I could tell you that. But because I honored God the way he told me to honor him, he still took care of me despite my doubts. And now I don't have any problem with it at all. Like, I really don't. If God asks me to give, I'm going to give. But stepping out in faith, trusting him, that's how you rise above the pressures and the stresses of life. I'm going to go to a uh, really well-known um, Resurrection Day, Easter Day uh, scripture out of Jeremiah. You can laugh. That's not a normal scripture for Easter Sunday. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. For he shall be, that's verse 8. Let me back up here. I'm sorry. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Mm. Look at what it says in verse 7 one more time. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Trust and hope, that's what it's about. Trust, to have confidence, to be bold. What I tell you before, you can't submit yourself to someone you don't trust. Hope, a refuge. When it says hope in the Lord, that means He becomes our refuge. He becomes our safe place. He's who we run to whenever we have stress. He's who we run to whenever we have pressure. He's who we run to when we don't know the answer. He becomes our refuge for everything in every situation. Amen. Every situation. You see, Luke 9.26 says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and his fathers and of the holy angels. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to be ashamed of me. Which means I cannot be ashamed of him. Which means I have to trust him. I have to trust him. Or maybe you like Proverbs 3, 5 better. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways. Are you picking up on the theme here? Not some. All. 
In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. It's about trust and hope. Trust and hope. Look at verse 8 back on Jeremiah 17. It says, For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. I don't know if you've noticed when you read through the Scriptures how many times God alludes to trees. Right? I mean, Jesus was crucified on a tree. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. You see, I believe there are two places that we plant ourselves. We either plant ourselves by the water or we plant ourselves in a desert. And there are many people that have planted themselves in a desert and are trying to grow. But there's no water, so all they can do is trust in themselves. But by planting yourself by the water, and that comes through trusting in the Lord, those trees grow, and they become strong. They become healthy. Reminds me of Isaiah, the 61st chapter, that third verse. says that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Another reference to trees. I don't know if you know much about trees, but you ought to go look it up sometime. It's amazing what God did in designing trees, but they're designed similarly to us. That's a tough word right there. Similarly. Everybody say similarly. Let's see if you can say it. Amen. They're designed similarly to us. And you say, I don't have roots. I can go, but you got support sticks, right? You got support sticks. Let me just tell you a few things about a tree. A tree typically has many secondary branches. Supported clear of the ground by the trunk. Everybody got a trunk? I got a trunk. We all have a trunk, right? This trunk typically contains woody tissue for strength and vascular tissue to carry materials from one part of the tree to another. For most trees, they are surrounded by a layer of bark which serves as a protective barrier. I mean, we've got all those things. We've got the tissue. We've got the muscles. We've got the, 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 uh, the blood cells. We've got things that move in our body to bring the resources and the energy and the nutrients to us. And we've got that protective layer of our skin. How many of you have ever broken something, bruised yourself, cut yourself, right? And it heals. It heals. That is unbelievable. Sometimes it don't heal as quick as we want it to, but it does heal. You know, you break a bone, the doctor sets it, and it heals back. You have a cut, you keep it cleaned, put a little Band-Aid on it, and it heals back. That's how God designed us. To me, there's a, a, a parallel into how we're supposed to operate in the world. Sometimes we go into the world and these pressures and these stresses of life, they, they cut us. They make scars. Or they break a bone. They break our spirit. They break our will. But as we go back to that refuge that place of peace, as we go back to the Lord in each situation, he's the doctor that sets that bone and it grows back. And sometimes I've heard it grows back even stronger. He's the doctor that takes that scar and that wound and he cleans it up and he heals it. But only if we trust in him and we go to him. See, Isaiah 61 also talks about a broken world. We're living in a broken world. We're seeing that broken world on the news every day. 
We represent Jesus. We're supposed to be taking Jesus wherever we go. It's not about us. It's not about that person coming to us and us being able to do anything. It's about us being able to show other people who the doctor is, who's going to heal their brokenness, who's going to heal their wounds. But how can we do that if we are caving to the stresses and the pressures of life? We can't. I don't know who you go to advice for, but I doubt it's somebody you don't trust. I doubt it's somebody you don't trust. Notice there are three things in there. In Jeremiah, the 17th chapter, that 8th verse. He says in there that we will not fear. Again, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. How do you know what heat does to plants and vegetation if they don't have water? It kills it, dries it up, it dies, right? What are you seeing in our world? Seeing the plants and the vegetation of life that have dried up and died. All it takes is some water, though. Fear says it will, we'll fear not when heat comes. Second Timothy 1.7 says something about fear, didn't it? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He goes on in Jeremiah 17, the eighth verse, and he says, he says, uh, it will not, and will not be anxious in the year of drought. And will not be anxious in the year of drought. Anxious means worry. Don't raise your hand. How many of you worry? Don't raise your hand. I think we're all faced with that. We're all faced with worry. Matthew 6, 33, 34 tells us that we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And the last thing it tells us in Jeremiah 17, 8 is that, uh, that they will continue to bear fruit. We will not stop yielding fruit. John 15, 5 tells us, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You say, what fruit are you talking about? Well, Galatians tells us what fruit we're talking about. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So let me bring all this full circle here. We've all admitted we deal with stress and pressures of life, Yes. So the question is not whether we will be faced with stress or pressure. It's identifying why it's in our life and what we're supposed to do about it. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm tested, that's a pretty good stressor in my life. So if I'm going to have a testimony, that means I'm going to be tested, which means there's going to be stress and pressure that's going to come try to attack me. It doesn't mean I have to accept it. It doesn't mean I have to live with it. But to say that it will never come is being naive. Again, the Bible says take every thought captive. The thoughts are going to come. What do you do with them? What do you do with those thoughts? Well, the Bible told us. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Let me read them again. Love. Are you operating in love? Are you operating in joy? Peace. Long-suffering. Not short-suffering. Long-suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If any of these are out of whack, I like what one pastor called them, and it's wacky fruit. It's wonky fruit, right? Sometimes we're operating with wonky fruit. 
it's a clear indicator that we've allowed the stresses and the pressures to get to us if we're not operating with these in our life. Guess what? It's okay. It happens to all of us. What the enemy likes to do is tell you that because you're not operating in this, you don't really know God and he's not really there to help you and you might as well give up and die. Because you see, if he can take you out, he takes out potential generations. He takes out your family. Well, if so-and-so doesn't believe in God, I don't believe in God anymore. See, we are God's witnesses. We are his messengers. It is our job to show people how to live life the way God intended us to live life. And that means how do we deal with the stresses and the pressures that come our way. See, I've told you before that when I first uh, was introduced to Jesus, I felt like he would solve all my problems, but the way I understood it was that meant life was going to be so good I'd never have another problem in my life. Then as I start digging into the Word of God, I realized that was totally the opposite. I'm not so sure I didn't get more problems in my life by accepting Jesus. So what's the point? The point is this right here. There are only two ways, whether you like it or not. We talk all the time about how you're in the fight, whether you're fighting or not. If you're not fighting, you're getting punched in the face. The enemy's having a good time doing it. It's not a matter of I'm not in the fight. You can say that, but it doesn't make it true. So, so salvation or no salvation. Those are the only two options. So why would I choose salvation, Pastor Herman, if my life's just going to get more obstacles? Because that's the only way I've ever seen that shows you how to deal with the obstacles of life that are going to come, whether you get saved or not. If you are not saved and your life is perfectly fine, please let me know right now. I have yet to meet the person. I've yet to meet the person. I've met people that lie about it and pretend like there's nothing wrong. But if you stick around them long enough, you find out that's not true. We all deal with struggles. So why choose Jesus? Because it's the only person, like Dad said, that raised from the dead that is no longer in the tomb, and who showed us the way that will give us peace, that will show us how to overcome every obstacle in our life, who will help us rise above those stresses and those pressures. That's the reason that we choose Jesus, not because we have it all figured out. See, some, some people are waiting until they have their life in order to accept Jesus. You will never have your life in order. That's the whole point of getting saved is Jesus, if you allow him, starts putting your life in order. But I guarantee you that his teachings and his practices are backwards from what you've been trained and taught by the world. That's what confused the Pharisees and Sadducees so much. They were living one way and Jesus kept telling them the other stuff. The first shall be last. What? Somebody strikes you on one cheek, turn the other one. I, I got to imagine the sitting there, is this guy for real? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Somebody asked you to go one mile, go two. Man, that one bugs me. I don't even want to go one mile. I don't go half a mile. I want to order an Uber or something for him. You know, that, that's the point. Jesus is saying, look, you got to be humble. You, you got you to gotta give up your life. And he showed us how to do that. That's how we rise above the stresses and pressures. Herman, quit your job. Don't take any pay. I got you. I'll pay all your bills. Lord, I don't see how that works, man. 
the gas man is not really thrilled whether or not I'm a Christian or not. He might say, praise God, but the bill is still due. But you know what's amazing is when we do it God's way, the testimony that comes out of that stuff. The testimony. Yesterday was a difficult trial for me. I had prayed and I had other people praying with me. Lord, we want sunshine. We don't want it to rain here. When people would say it's going to rain, we'd correct them. No, we don't receive that. It's going to be sunshine here. There was no sunshine here yesterday. It was all rain. I want you to know that can kind of beat you down when you've been standing on the promises of God, you've been praying the only way you know how to pray, and you've been believing and confessing, and then it doesn't happen the way that you wanted it to happen. I can't be the only person that's had that in their life. So what I've had to do is realize there was a stress and there was a pressure because not only was I believing for God to not let it rain here, I had told people. I'd stepped out in faith. No, it's not going to rain here. God's going to do something amazing. So it starts raining. All I got to do is go back to that refuge. Say, Lord, I, I, I missed something somewhere. Lord, can you help me? Can you show me? And you know what he said? He said, you didn't ask me what I wanted to do. I said, man, you're right. See, I had assumed that the only way people would show up is if it was dry and sunny. That's the only way people would show up. So, you know, God used that rain to teach me a lesson yesterday because I want you to know this place was packed. There were people all over this building. There were cars in both parking lots and in the back yesterday. See, I, I, I try to do things my way so many times even still. And God's saying, hey, just just submit to me. Just, just trust me. Yeah, but God, if it rains, people aren't going to show. Just trust me. Just trust me. Lord, I'm stressing out here. Just trust me. I think one of the mistakes we make is not admitting that we're stressing out. I'm not telling you to go tell everybody in the world. I'm telling you to go to that safe refuge and say, Lord, I know I'm not supposed to be worrying. I know I'm not supposed to be stressing. But as you can clearly see, I'm stressed out. You know, it's amazing when we just tell God the truth. <laughs> he already knows. He already knows. He just wants us to admit it. And you know, I had to do that several times over this week because as we got closer and closer to Easter weekend, to Resurrection Sunday, to, to the events that we had set up, man, I started to get nervous. What did we forget? What did we not plan for? Do I have a backup plan for this? Man, I started stressing out about all the things that could go wrong and all the things that could go right that could cause other problems. Except this time I did do a little better. I'd start to feel myself get a little bit jittery, a little anxious. I'd stop wherever I was at. I say, Lord, you see, I'm getting, I'm getting anxious. I'm getting nervous, Lord. Would you please take that away from me? Sometimes he would come in and that peace would come on me immediately. And other times he'd ask me to come in here. I'd start playing the guitar and I'd start worshiping and just crying out to him. And it wasn't long, man. I started feeling at peace again. But I had to do that several times. That's the other thing I want to encourage you. You might have risen above the stress and the pressure one time and 20 minutes later that stress and pressure comes right back. It may be somebody else that says something to you. You weren't even thinking or worrying about it. They say something, and now you can't get it out of your mind. You can't get it out of your head what they said. And again, it's not people that are telling me bad things. Sometimes it's just the positive, but then I start, my wheels start turning. you got to stop every time. Every time. Just like we talked about with communion this morning, as often as you do this. How many times do we need to pray? How many times do we forgive? See, when he says 70 times 7, he wasn't saying once you get to 491, and yes, that is 70 times 7 for those of you that struggle with math. 
He wasn't saying when you get that 491st time, you're off the hook. He was making the point that so many you can't even count there, you just forgive them every time they ask for forgiveness. And if you want for good measure, think about what Jesus does. Doesn't he forgive us every time? Right, so so every time that stress gets on you, every time that pressure comes, the way we rise above it is that we go back to our creator. We go back to our safe place. We go back to our hope and our refuge. We go back to the Lord and we trust him. Lord, that don't make any sense. Doesn't have to make sense to you. There are a lot of things Jesus did, if you read the stories, that don't make any sense at all. When he takes that dirt and he spits in it to make mud and just... I don't, I don't read in there where he says, now listen, I'm about to put some mud on your eyes if that's all right with you, sir. He just puts that mud on his eyes, heals the blind man, and I seriously doubt that blind man cared how it happened. I just watched, uh, episode six, I think, or most of it, of season one for the chosen. It's where the leper shows up and all the disciples are just going crazy. Oh, move away. Don't touch him. And, Peter, who has a few anger issues at the time still, is pulling out a knife and he's, you know, he's trying to protect Jesus and Jesus is saying, hey, 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 just trust me. And these are the kind of things that we have to do. Everything that's been said about the lepers at that time was don't get near them, don't touch them, put them outside of the camp. And Jesus is saying, hold up. My love is for everyone. My healing is for everyone. And he goes over there and he heals the leper. He goes and heals the leper and the disciples see a miracle right in front of them. But it didn't make sense. That's not the way they thought. That's not the way they've been trained. That's what trust means. It means I don't understand, Lord, but I'm going to trust you. Let me close this up right here. It was cold this morning, but it's not anymore. It's pretty warm. Tim Keller said, trust is accepting what God sends into your life, whether you understand it or not. Teresa of Avila lived a long time ago. She said, it is presumptuous in me to wish to choose my path because I cannot tell which path is best for me. I must leave it to the Lord who knows me to lead me by the path which is best for me so that in all things his will may be done. So that in all things his will may be done. May I submit to you that sometimes the reason we have stress and pressure is we're still trying to do things our way. Last but not least, Charles Stanley said, when our faith is on God rather than on our problems, our faith grows. How about stand to your feet, please? Again, he said, when our faith is on God rather than our problems, our faith grows stronger. You want to rise above the stress and pressures of life? Step one, recognize that you've got stress and pressure in your life. Step two, trust God. Trust God. Rise above the stress and pressures of life and bear fruit for the Lord. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
that the Lord will lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.